Distinguished guests, dear friends and colleagues, ladies and gentlemen, it's my distinct honor to be speaking today and delivering a statement on behalf of His Excellency Ambassador of Yemen, uh, Dr. Ahmed Al-Din Mubarak, Yemen Ambassador to the United States and also the Permanent Representative of Yemen to the United Nations. Allow me at the outset to express our gratitude and appreciation to the National Council of U.S. Arab Relations and to our dear friend, Dr. Jungo Anthony. As founding president and chief executive officer for the very excellent organization of this conference. The National Council, since its establishment in 1983, has been able to enrich the relationship between the Arab world and the United States and to foster a better understanding of the Arab U.S. strategic partnership with their noble educational mission and through the various programs, publications, and conferences. So, thank you very much, Dr. Anthony, for the very hard work you're doing. Excellencies, dear friends and colleagues, our ambassador stood here before you last year and shared with you a sad story of a happy land, the land of Arabia Felix, a country known for its beauties, ancient history, and rich heritage. I'm afraid today, Yemen is still far from happy. Nevertheless, we'll never give up hope. And I'm sure Yemen will once again recover to the prosperous land of Arabia the once was. If you read in history about Yemen, you will find that no matter how difficult circumstances are, Yemenis always find a way to reconcile their differences and achieve peace and stability. I just hope this time will not take more than a ship. At one point in time, many centuries ago, a powerful kingdom in Yemen called the Kingdom of Sa'ad, you may know it as the Kingdom of the Queen of Sheba, dominated and was known for antiquities in the ancestral world that linked many civilizations, including and linking the Mediterranean, Egypt to Indian Asia. This kingdom was believed to be one of the most sophisticatedly organized states in Arabia. At that time, during its reign, the kingdom managed for a long time not only to flourish, but also to secure and unite vast parts of the region. Dear friends, today Yemen is facing what is now known as the worst humanitarian crisis in the world. The latest statistics of the conflict are shocking, where almost 75% of the population requires some kind of humanitarian assistance, and many millions are at risk 
measures that if implemented would unfortunately exacerbate, not abate, the suffering of the Yemeni people. No matter how genuine these efforts are. Dear friends, to really help Yemen, we need to look at the facts, the root cause of the problem, and the new emerging realities on the ground. Only then, I believe, we would be able to have a clear picture of what needs to be done to finally end this protracted conflict. So let me start with the facts. Yemen is not Syria. One of the main differences between the conflict in Yemen and Syria is that we had a well-planned transitional period that was supported locally, regionally, and internationally. This plan was the GCC initiative and its implementation mechanism. Without which the conflict in Yemen today would have resembled very much the one in Syria. All the components of the solution in Yemen are there. All the parties in Yemen know that what needs to be done. We had debated the issues for so long, and the framework for ending the conflict is clear. We spent in Kuwait, thanks for the generosity and hospitality, more than 100 days until we were so close to reaching a settlement. What was missing there was the police will to end the war. They were not ready to make concessions, as the previous UN envoy stated in his last briefing before the Security Council beginning of this year. Hence, ending the conflict is a dance of equities. It may take us years, even decades, to recover from the adverse effects of this conflict, but we can start the process of rebuilding Yemen. As early as tomorrow, if only the Houthis choose to end the conflict today. As for the root cause of the conflict, the conflict in Yemen today, unfortunately, is still being portrayed in some international outlet media as a war between a rich, powerful country called Saudi Arabia and a poor nation called Yemen. This depiction gives the false impression that the Saudi-led coalition has started the war and that by ending the intervention, Yemen will achieve peace. Nothing could be further from the truth. Yemen is not at war with Saudi Arabia. And ending our coalition will not end the war. Yemen, after not upspringing and after months of sittings, which were faced with a brutal crackdown by the ruling regime back then, was about to enter into a civil war as early as 2011. Then, with the help of our neighboring countries, in particular the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, Yemen entered into a new promising stage, a transitional period guided by the GCC initiative. As a result, we had a new government, we had a new elected president, and we managed to finish an all-inclusive national dialogue which produced a constitution which would have transformed Yemen into a new democratic federal state. But right before the end of the transitional period, the Houthis, which were part of the transition, had a different plan. They knew that a new Yemen has stipulated in our national con uh, conference would not make them rude, and they would gain by force more than they would through elections. So they stayed to come. And that is, my dear friends, is the main cause of the conflict, a mere outrageous lust for power. <laughs> As for the new emerging realities on the ground, the ongoing conflict is not just 
claiming lives and destroying infrastructure is also affecting human social cohesion, which will take a lot harder and longer to repair. We're starting to see new sets of social identities forming, not based on ethnicity or geography, but rather based on propaganda run by both the Houthis and the Qaeda and Arabia Peninsula, the two groups that have gained most since the start of the conflict. Excellencies, ladies and gentlemen, we have been asked by many who are very genuinely concerned about Germany and the United States, why not end the war? Why not just end the uh, coalition intervention? The truth of the matter is, if our brothers in the other coalition, namely the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates, decided to enter support, Yemen would descend further into chaos. If that happens, and the Arab coalition withdrew, you may no longer see Yemen covered much in the news agencies. But that would not mean the suffering of Yemen is as ceased. The only way to end this conflict is to reach a political settlement through the United Nations led uh, process. And the only way for the Houthis or for us to persuade the Houthis to come back to the negotiating table is through military pressure and through stopping Iran's support for the Houthis. I'm afraid there is no other way. Dear friends, the government of Yemen is and has always been keen on peace. We participated in three rounds of UN peace talks. They showed up to the fourth round that the Houthis refused to attend. The Houthis made the last talk a failure, not the legitimate government of President Harry. We came and we waited for three days for the Houthis to come up or to show, and they didn't. Indeed, Yemen continues to support the peace efforts of the UN envoy, Mr. Martin Griffiths, including his ongoing efforts to restart the peace talks. We remain hopeful and continue to engage positively in all future talks. Here is Secretary of Defense, General Jane Mattis, a few days ago during the Manhattan Dialogue Security Conference, stated that Iran's support for the Houthis, and I quote, prolongs and expands the conflict in Yemen, adds to humanitarian suffering, threatens social waterways, and disrupts efforts for sustainable peace and support. Yemen values the U.S. administration's stance on Iran. We believe sending the right signals to the Houthis and their supporters Iran, which continues to destabilize the region, exports terrorism and violence, and threatens navigation in the Red Sea through its proxies, will have a positive effect in the next round of peace talks in Yemen. Yemen needs her friends now more than ever, and we call upon all the international community to exert the utmost pressure on Iran to stop supporting the Houthis so they can come back to the negotiating table. Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity here to share with you, and hopefully next time we'll have a happier story about Happy Arabia. I thank you.
country that has had a more vibrant democratic development dynamic process in the last 40 years than Yemen. I say this because I have been in the election an official observer in all of Yemen's presidential elections and its parliamentary elections as well. In 1993, 1997, 2000, 2006, and the basis, on the basis of those elections uh, being as free and open and transparent as they were, Secretary of State Madeleine Albright could have chosen any of 130 developing countries, but she chose Yemen to host an Emerging Democracies Forum in 1998. That was one of the two American private sector representatives to it. I've never been to anything like that in my entire life. And one could overhear others who were there for the first time uh, wishing that they had been exposed to that country, its people, and its culture and, uh, before then. Uh, the president of Mali spoke. <laughs> on my left sat the representative from Mongolia. On my right sat the representative from Mozambique. Uh, representatives from El Salvador and Bolivia. Jordan, Bahrain, Morocco, and about five other countries. And the sponsors were unique. Ireland was one of the sponsors. The Netherlands was one. Canada was one. Uh, together with Japan, the United Kingdom, and the United States, um, that Yemen was singled out for the openness of its system, not just politically, but also in terms of media. In fact, there were some uh, in the American embassy who were trying to keep up with the number of free Yemeni newspapers uh, who needed uh, exhaustion from trying to uh, have fulsome accounts of newspapers and other communications outlets that, from one perspective, were irresponsible. That is to say, they got away with saying practically everything. And this was also in the build-up to the international isolation of Saddam Hussein. That we went to small parties that represented different branches of the Ba'athist party, the Iraqi branch and the Syrian branch. They were minuscule in number. Uh, but they had Islam, which is the uh, face of the Muslim Brotherhood there. They had the remnants of the National Liberation Front that fought the British for their independence in the South. And the uh, People's Democratic Republic of Yemen's Yemen Socialist Party. Uh, the last remnant of a Marxist-Leninist political government uh, and the first uh, anywhere in the Arab world. I point this out to embellish upon His Excellency's portrait of the diversity of the Yemen people, the vibrancy of them, of the uh, 